0: in this episode, it's super exciting. We are going to go over all of the tools that we use to produce the podcast. So from the hardware, the software, everything in between, um, I have Joey here as a, I guess, a guest <laughs> <laughs> um, to kind of let us know what um, what he uses. And I'll, I'll pop in because I have a role in some of this as well. Uh, but back in episode 51, I went over my podcast content process. So if you haven't listened to that yet, hop on over there um, to kind of get the behind the scenes of how I book guests, how I create the content. I just, I kind of go into the nitty gritty, a lot of lessons learned over this year of podcasting. Um, but in this one, we wanted to go over the the, the tools, the hardware, the software, um, the process that we use. So... Uh, I have Joey here, like I mentioned, because he is instrumental in that aspect of our podcast process. So, Joey, do you want to say hello sure. and uh, kind of kick it off? What you want to start covering?
1: Yeah. So, um, when we first started, the I Erin mean, wanted to do a podcast. Um, it was I was ac- very excited because you know I knew anything she does is, usually comes out really great, and then I was also able to help her use some of my skills. Um, that I have, you know, I know we've talked about in previous podcasts that I am a musician. I've been playing, you know, percussion and, you know, music since I was like 12, 11, 12, you know, years old. And even recording back then with, you know, boom boxes and old equipment that we could just scrounge together. I just always had this passion for recording, um, music and so forth. So it was, it was awesome when she mentioned that she wanted to do this podcast, um, because I could I could, yeah, I could, do some recording. And it was also, you know, voices doing, mainly recording voices was, it was like sort of new, you know, new for me. I had had done some before, but it's not as much as I've done with, you know, drums and guitar and so forth. So um, I already have been using Pro Tools and it's coming, you know, I was like thinking about how long and now it's 23 years I've been using Pro Tools. That's what we use to record the podcasts. There are a lot of audio um, software out there um, that, just cater to podcasts and i think that's just for people who are not who don't have this you know skill set on using this other software i stuck with pro Tools just because i know it um and i know it's just like my workflow is just so much faster with it um but you you know i'm not saying that that this is the software you have to use for for podcasting because there's a lot of great software out there a lot of great podcasts don't use this, you know, uh, software pro tools is pretty pricey. Um, it's not, you know, the cheapest, the cheapest uh, tool you can get. There is a free version that you do that you can get. It, it is a little limited, but if you do decide to you know, use pro tools, you can, but there are a ton of other, you know, podcasting pieces of software. You really just need a software that's able to, um, talk to hardware that can connect to microphones, you know, and that you can, you know, talk into and, and record it. Some people even do it on their iPhone, you know, as just using that recording thing. It just, it's just the quality is a little different. You get more options when you were able to do it with a, you know, piece of software. So that's the main, the main piece of software that that we use is Pro Tools um, to get everything in into our audio podcast. Um, when we first started doing the podcast, we weren't expecting to do as many remote um, <laughs> podcasts as we do, meaning the guest isn't on site in the studio. So we were always, you know, thinking, oh, they can come in. Well, you know, we can hook up the mics and it will be great. And it'll be great. So then, you know, when we did launch the podcast, it just happened. COVID started and we had all the quarantine. So we had to quickly shift to doing a remote podcast, you know, with guests. So we did try um, several different conferencing software because you do need that to be able to bring it in, you know, get the audio from, the, from that um, guest. So we did, you know, we do, we, we tried uh, Microsoft Teams. And it did work. It just the sound quality at the time wasn't there. It, it just it, it, it just came. You know the, the 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 audio track you would get from Teams. It just it it just was poor quality. Um, and it was not poor quality meaning where if you listen to it on a podcast, it just sounds a little harsh. It sounds fine if you're on a conference call, just because you're just trying to get what they're saying, you know, translated. Um, so we did try that. We also did try another one um, called Ringer, um, and it was. We, at the time that it was released, I don't know if it was just because COVID just started and a lot of people were using it, but it wasn't as stable, um, meaning the connections would drop and so forth. So we ended up using Zoom and that's what we still use now. We have a Zoom Pro account. And so that, that has been actually successful. The, the audio file you get is pretty, is pretty good. It does already some of the, the noise canceling and some of the gating, which means, gating means where it's, you know, sort of turns off the sections of people when they're not talking. So you don't get all that noise in the background. So it does a pretty good job of doing that. Um, and it also lets you save your conference call as separate audio files for each guest. And that's important when we come down to like mixing um, the podcast, at least for me. Um, and what it, what that means is it, you know, if you have, you know, John Doe and, and, you know, Robert Smith on a conference call, when you save them, those files it'll give you two different audio files one of them for each guest just so you can you know mix them and one of them may have more noise and you need to take noise out of that versus if they were together in one file you would it would just be harder to to um you know get those to sound even and great so that's really the um the main software part um of of the of the how we do the podcast um the next part is really the hardware that we use. And again, I, I already had had a lot of this, this hardware um, here. Um, we actually use Focusrite Pro 40s. We have a, we well, I have a couple of them. Um, we, you know, we only need one because it's only usually one or two mics plugged in right now. Um, but that's just goes firewire to a MacBook Pro that I use for recording. Um, and it just goes in there and that's actually what Pro Tools will see, you know, as the microphones and be able to be bring in re- and record. So that's the main um I guess you would say audio interface that I use here and and again we also for our streaming um video sort of getting off off topic but for the, for a podcast you know of really just having two guests we also do use another Focusrite Scarlett TI2 I believe it, what it is it's USB and it just has two inputs which is great um and that's what that's what we use for the video streaming for the audio um shotgun mic to use. But you could use that also um, as, you know, an audio interface. And that is also something we would use as a backup. So if something, you know, happened with this other one, you know, we would be able to have some other way of doing that. Um, so the next part of that is also microphones. So we purchased for the podcast um, this uh, a parent company of Gibson Guitars. They created these mics called Neat, N-E-A-T mics, and they're actually pretty cool. They're not, they actually just don't sound good. That's actually what I'm talking through right now is, is one of the, the, the King Bee uh, neat microphones and they look really cool. They actually look like little bees cause they're black and, and yellow and they come with um, a built-in pop filter, which is pretty important too, if you are going to be recording, um, you know, with a microphone, with your voice, it's just generally good to have some kind of pop filter um, around it so that you don't get those harsh, you know, um, well pops and you know, those deep, deep sort of thuds. From your voice, you know, the air hitting the, the microphone. And then another nice thing that these microphones have are a shock filter or a shock mount, not a shock filter, a shock mount. So if you do bump the microphone stand, you won't hear it come through as, as much. So those are pretty cool mics. Um, I know that for a while they were harder to find. And it, I just, when I was doing this podcast, I looked up and it looks like they, they um, got acquired by um, Turtle Beach. So the, the company is taking over the neat mics, So you'll probably see new ones coming out soon, I believe. And then, um, but that's the mics we use. Erin's um, voice for, for her, we usually use this U87 um, mic that I actually, it's a clone that I created by Microphone Parts. They sell kits that are the components they use in these, um, you know, industry standard, you know, uh, com, um, condenser microphones. For vocals, um, they're called the U87s, and they're made by a company called Neumann. Neumann, sorry, and they're um, they're very they're very expensive, but if you have some kind of you know electronic skills, soldering, you can get this kit and you could build it yourself, and that's what I actually did. And I would I use that actually for vocal recording um, before we did the podcast, and we were using the Neat mics with Aaron's voice for a while. Um, but one of the things that I've learned from you know different singers and also other engineers um, is that microphones are sort of, they're also, it's not just the microphone you get. It also is the, the, dif- the different person's voice. The microphone works better with different voices. So it just happened that I feel the, that U87 with Aaron's voice just sounds a little bit smoother and, and, and more natural. So that's what we actually use for Aaron's um, voice. Um, and it was great because it was a, like a puzzle. <laughs> you know, you, you get a puzzle then you get to get this microphone afterward. One of the things are fun with electronics. Um, so those are really the, that's the microphone um, that we use. We um, let's see what is another another part of the the microphone because I know that's that's pretty. We're going to be getting into the the processing of of it afterward, but just for the the main main part, that's that's really you know the hardware that we use um, recording wise. I mean we have microphone stands, but you know that's nothing really. Everybody will will have those. So. Um, another part of, I guess, I don't know if you would consider this hardware, but is in, in, in our studio. I we created these these acoustic panels, and what those are good for is, um, if you if you have a big room and it, and you go if you ever if you've ever moved like to a new apartment or a new house and you go into the room for the first time or you're looking around, you know, when you're when you're first looking at the apartment to see if you or the house that you want to buy and see if you if you want to go in there, it's very echoey. And you walk around, you could feel, hear your footsteps echoing. And if you, you know, clap in there, you hear it, you know, ricocheting. So that's really what these acoustic panels prevent is that ricocheting and that echoing. It helps it absorb those sounds and stop them so that the microphone doesn't pick them up multiple times and hear that echoing. And it just makes it a cleaner sound. So we have these panels um, that we've created, and we've actually created a little PDF on how to make them yourself if you like. Um, but they're, they're great because we use those both for the live streaming um, video streaming so that her you know doesn't reflect in that room that she's in and also in the studio It just helps it with the acoustics and not sound as you know echoey in here um, So those are another great thing to do another thing I've seen people do um, Is you could record your vocals in a walk-in closet um, and that's great because you have all these clothes around you and it, it absorbs all that sound we actually did that with one of my my friend recorded a little mini album and when we, we recorded it, we, we did that at our house. We put the microphones in our walk-in closet and it sounded great. Um, so that's another, another thing. And it also helps you get isolated from window noise um, from outside or, you know, you know, your dog's barking. Hopefully you're far away. But that's another thing is trying to get away from all that noise. You know, like for us, we, we have windows by us and I do have more sound panels on those. Um, but then we also do close the, 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 the drapes and and block the windows so the dogs don't go and see the Amazon truck coming by or a dog getting walked and start barking all of a sudden. Um, that still does happen because they still hear things, <laughs> but that helps it. Um, another thing that we do in the process is we turn off the air conditioner or the heater um, because the, the, depending on the microphones, more of the sensitive microphones like the condensers, they'll, they'll pick up that, that hiss and that, that air noise coming in through the vents. So that's one thing that we try to remember um, to do before we start recording um, on that. So um, uh, another, another important thing to do on the guest side, so if you are doing a remote session with somebody on a conference call, um, we, try to, we, we usually try to ask the guests beforehand if they could make sure they have headphones. Um, and even when we get on it, we just try to remind if we, we notice we don't really see them with headphones and we just, or we, we can't see them at all because they don't have video on we just will re just ask again. Do you have headphones on? And the importance on that is, if somebody's using their laptop um, and they're having the conference call, that audio that you're getting from the conference call software um, will sometimes bring in your voice talking through it. So when you're trying to mix it down the line, you hear both voices, and it's very hard to edit that out. Um, and sometimes it just distracts from it because it'll sound like it's an echo um from you know your voice coming through their audio, so that's the important part if you do have them have headphones, it a- isolates that, and none of that that um you know vocal from your voice will be coming through their microphone because it's just going straight to their ears. so that's just another important one, just helping you you know with your mix down the line, so it's not as much work. Um, that's really the hardware that we that we have. I mean Erin has a laptop that she usually looks at her notes. Um I have I actually I should bring that bring that up too. So I have a second laptop that I do. This is another important one <laughs> that I know we learned the hard way. Um or didn't learn the hard way it actually saved us. Um so what I do is I have my my work my digital work, workstation running a, a separate that MacBook Pro that's recording using Pro Tools. So it's recording Aaron's voice. And then it's also recording um, the recording that I'm getting from the conferencing software. So I have a second laptop on my desk that is actually connected to the conference call. So I'm on, I'm on the conference call too, and I can hear all the voices and that audio is going into Pro Tools. So I'm recording not only Aaron, but I'm also recording the conference call with all the voices, Aaron's voice and then the guest's voice and so forth. And that's as a backup. So it's a backup because the conferencing software, you usually say record this conference and it'll record it in the background. Um, so I started doing this from the beginning because I was thinking that the audio software or the, uh, uh, the conferencing software would have problems and not really record it or something would happen and it wouldn't, I wouldn't get the recording from them, then I, we wouldn't have anything. So what this would do is it was recording the conference, the conference call real time also, so I could use that as a backup. Um, but one thing that we found also (laughs) that helps if you have this is if you forget to tell the conference software to record the conference call, we actually did that once and it was a a save that, that we actually had that other, you know, track that was recording real time. So that's another pointer I would say is always have that secondary. You, you may not ever use it, but you know, there's going to be a time where that might happen where, you know, for some reason the conferencing software didn't, didn't save it correctly or they, um, they didn't encode it and you get it back and it's an error and there's nothing you can do. So that would, I would, that would be my another recommendation that would, that we would, you know, say is always make sure you have a, a backup, you know, of the audio that is coming in. That's another big one. Um, so another, another thing I would say is also if you are typing, um, to try to be a little bit softer or maybe use a different keyboard or, or try to move the keyboard away from your microphone as much as possible so that you don't have to deal with that. Um, and I, I don't think we've really had that issue, but I just, I know that I've, you know, read up on podcasts and that's another thing where people will mention, you know, to, to just be careful with the, with, with keyboards. Cause a lot of them, you know, some people like those mechanical keyboards that are very loud. So that's one thing to, to just to be careful with for um, a pointer um, on that um, within our Pro Tools how I talked we also created templates so if you already know that you're going to be recording these a couple of times templates come in great so what it is is it's sort of a, a, it's a template file ours has our intro and our outro and it also has um, our music our, our, our podcast music already by default and it even has Aaron's vocal track and the laptop's um conferencing call you know track that's already there ready so we can have that so it's very easy i just say open new and i say template and i rename it to when whatever the podcast is going to be and then it's great because then it opens up and it has all of that already set up you don't have to go and drag the intro and the outro and the theme music in there and then go and add a separate you know add another track for aaron's voice and then add another track for the laptop it's just great it's just streamlines everything and that's what we actually do with our with Pro Tools and our, our templates. And also other software has those template templating. If, the, if it doesn't, what you could always do is create um, a, a file as you want, you know, with the intro, outro, and so forth, and then save it as template. And then what you do is you just make a copy of it every time you're going to start another you know, podcast. You just you know, make a copy and then rename it, whatever, and then open it, and you're good to go. That's really all the template's doing. Just another pointer of what we're doing. So once we um, get that all taken care of, um, what we'll start doing is we will start mixing the, the tracks. And what I mean by that is I'll, what I'll do is I'll listen to Aaron's voice and what I usually, there's a couple of effects that I put on this and, and a lot of podcasting software will, will have this automated, meaning it'll sort of do a general, you know, uh, EQing and, um, compression and, you know, different effects, and I'll, I'll go over some of those that, that we apply to the voice. Um, it'll do those by default, and and it does, you know, they, they do pre- pretty decent jobs. Um, it's just me being more of the audio, you know, working at audio for a while that I've I've learned a little things, you know, about EQing to make it sound better. So one of the things, the first thing I do with Aaron's voice is, and actually any of the voices, is I apply an EQ. And what the EQ is, and it's sort of like the treble and bass on your um on your car stereo or your stereo, or you want to, you know, have a little bit, maybe the highs a little bit higher or the lows a little bit lower. Um, voices, you generally want to take out the, the very low frequencies or the, you know, the, the low sounds. Um, it just doesn't really help. And it just brings a lot of rumble into your mix. And then even the highs, you don't really want a lot of highs in in your voice. Um, and, and and there's a sort of a little science and an art and every voice is different. So you can't just make, you know, like a preset and then set it. It'll probably get you to a good spot. but um, that's why I'm saying those automated ones to me that they're great for people who don't have the, want to learn about, you know, getting this done and just want to get a podcast done. Those are fine. But if, you know, just to get it to that, it'll get the voice a little bit sounding a little bit better. You can do that. Um, but I usually do an EQ first on all the voices. And then, um, after I do that, I will put a, co- a compressor on the voice and that just helps it level out. So what a compressor does is it sort of evens out the whole voice. Where if you may be talking lower and, you know, um, they may get a little bit quieter when they're talking and then they start talking up, it'll sort of level that out automatically for you and it'll just make the voice sound even. So when your guests are listening to it in a headphone or the card, there's not these dramatic, you know, spikes in in volume. So I usually do that. And then after that, I'll add um, a noise gate and a de to the voice. Um, what the noise gate does is it's not really getting rid of the noise. I guess you would just call it a gate. but it's sort of opening and closing, just like a door. And what that means is when the voice, you're hearing somebody talk, it, it's open, you know, so that the sound comes out. But once it starts hitting a certain level of, of the, where it's low, it'll actually sort of mute it so that there's not these little, like if there's pulp paper shuffling and so forth, it won't come through in the audio signal. And it just helps you with a better, cleaner mix. Um, so that's what I usually will put at the gate. And then the deesser sort of gets rid of oh there's bandit parking you probably can hear <laughs> um but the de that that will do is it takes out the s like the those little high s's of people's voices i'm sure you might have heard of it um but that's just another thing that i do just as taste of what i want to sort of you know get in there get to have the voice sounding better um, and i'll generally do that with all of the tracks um the remote the remote tracks that i get the effects there's a little bit more effects or cleaning up that i have to do on them um let me, let me hold on. I don't know how long Bennett's going to bark. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I'll just keep going because we, we don't really mind on that. So what, what, when we get the, uh, the audio files from like Zoom or from whatever and we get them, what generally happens is there's going to be some some noise and also um, there is also some artifacts that you get from just them compressing it and streaming it and so forth on, over the internet. And those artifacts, they sort of sound like they're just really bad sounding pitches within it. So I use an EQ to sort of find those, find all of those. Like I put another EQ on it to sort of find those frequencies that just are really harsh and I just take them all down. Um, that, that'll be more of a detail, but I'm just giving you a generalization of what I will do with those files because they do have that. Another tool that I just got it's a, that's such a, such a great thing is a, is a noise remover. And this, this tool is really made for removing, like if you have an air conditioner and you forget to turn it off and it, it'll remove that, that sound of that error. Or if you do get those, you know, audio files from the conferencing software and it has a lot of like noise in the background, or if somebody is recording in a noisy spot, what this software does is it analyzes the signal, the sound signal, and it'll, it'll, you'll tell it where that noise really is in a part where they're not talking. And it'll remove it, and it's so nice because it's so much easier to make the 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 vocal track sound so much better. Um, so that's really really what I do. And then once I get all the EQing done, I just try to get all the voice levels about the same. Um, and and this is not necessarily meaning like if one voice is at you know two, and then one's at four, and you put them both both at two. That's not necessarily what I what I mean. It's really listening and looking at the you know they usually have these meters telling you how how loud they are, but trying to make sure that they sound evenly when, when they start talking back and forth. So one's not louder or, or quieter than the other, just to make it better for the listener to be able to hear that. Um, And even with the outro and intro music, trying to get that all balanced where, you know, outro, I try not to have too much music coming through. So you could still hear or understand what Aaron's saying on the outro um, or the guests are saying while the music is coming into the outro. So that's just another part of the mixing process that I do. Um, once I do that, I do save it off, um, as like a CD quality, um, wave file. And then the next step on that we do is we do mastering and mastering just sort of puts the audio, you know, your podcast audio just to another level. It it does another level of, of EQing, not (laughs) EQing and compressing it as a whole, just to make it sound the best it can. So when you post it on other media sites, you know, it'll, it'll just, it'll just sound better. Um, and we use Lander. Um, we've been, I use this before the podcast, um, before we had the podcast just to master my music and that I was recording and it does a great job. Um, it it actually, it was founded by engineers and the engineers actually came up with this algorithm that it uses for the software. So it makes it very natural. It's not like one of those ones where it just really compresses it because over compression just makes it just sort of sound flat and not that great. Um, it does a pretty good job. I've been very happy with it. Um, that, so that's what we use for mastering. A lot of podcast hosts, podcasting hosts, um, software, and even some software that you can get for podcasting may have like a mastering, um, plugin in it. Um, but it just again, this is what I've been using, and this is what I've what I'm familiar with. So that's what I've used. I'm not saying this is the 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 best one to ever use. Um, you can also even get somebody to master it for you if you can find you know a a, a person that will do them. And to be able to do them in, your, in the time frame you can, but there are people that, that, that that's what they do is they do mastering and mixing for you um, that you can send it off to. So that's what, that, that's what we get done. after, And then after I master it, after we master it, um, what, the next step that I do is I upload it to our transcribing service. And there's a ton of them out there too. We, use, we just happen to use um, Otter.io. And what that does is it, it makes text out of all everybody's, you know, what they're saying. So it's it's great because um, then you could upload that to when you upload your podcast, you could also upload that transcribing file so that your podcast will have that transcribe that trans what did, what would you say transcribed I guess <laughs> transcription. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, I know it's very helpful too with metadata. But I know Aaron, you know, really, yeah. You could talk about about what you think of the transcribing.
0: Yeah, it was really great because when I, so I write the show notes, right, for every episode. Uh, so I so I do that part of the process where I create a page for every single episode. I add it to our podcast hub at musclecreative.com slash podcast. Um, so once the file is ready on Budsprout, I will, uh, you know, write the show notes. And I used to um, Listen to the episode in real time after, you know, Joey gives me the recorded file and make my notes, you know. And I do have a well-oiled machine as far as if you look at our show notes, um, they're all in the same format of like the flow of the conversation, you know, like how they started, how they shifted, how the guest... um, you know, lo- what they learned, like the actions taken, all that kind of stuff. So it's very um, organized, but um, still it was very time consuming. So a lot of our guest episodes, you know, they average probably 40 to 50 minutes. And so I was listening, I would listen to each episode in real time, take my notes and then go back and organize my notes and, you know, and, um, and then build the page, and so it was time consuming. So, with the transcription, it's great because I don't need to do that anymore. And um, sometimes I'll go back and listen if I'm like not sure, like you know, because the transcription tools aren't perfect. If I'm like, what the heck does that word? <laughs> you know, so I'll go back, um, and maybe I'll listen to the episode. Uh, just for that one part, but um, for the most part, I just go through the the transcription text and I can copy and paste into my into my notes and organize it that way. You know, and like, yes, I have to you know um, improve spelling or grammar that sort of a thing, but it really does cut down on on my end of the production process of publishing um, each episode.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It was, it was so nice to, to see those, how those, those work is great, working great and making it easier on Aaron, you know, to be able to do that. So that's another part of the process that we do um, on there. So like I said, is after we get it transcribed, we will, I'll upload that, you know, mastered audio file to Buzzsprout is what we use for our podcasts. And what's, what's great about them is um a lot, like a lot of other podcasting, services is they'll actually, you know, send it out to all the other services like Apple and Spotify and, you know, um, Google Play and, and all of the services out there. So we don't have to deal with any of that. We just get that up there and then, you know, it just does it. So that's another part of the process. Um, another big one that I do do is after actually, after actually I mix it. So after I'm done, you know, mixing it and I'm about to send it to, to mastering on my computer that I use Pro Tools with, um, I have this software that backs it up to a secondary hard drive just so that I have that, you know, I, I'm just paranoid. Me, me being in IT, um, you know, that's my <laughs> that that's my background is being in technology and so forth. Um, having a backup is always just so important. So I have a secondary drive that it actually this this gets mirrored to after I've complete that session mixing it. Um so after it's mastered and transcribed, because then the mastering file is a new file that I have. It is available still in the lander service, that mastered file. They, they keep them up there. But I just, me, you know, being in IT, not wanting to have all my eggs in one basket, when I get that mastered file, what I do is we use um, Office 365 for our back-end office, you know, email and, and so forth. And there is, I'm sure everyone's heard of Microsoft Teams, but there's a way that you can, within your team, you have sort of a file depository. So what I've done is we've created a podcast file depository and I copy all of the mastered files to that as a backup. So I do that and I do the transcribing file. I the transcribed file of that podcast episode. I make a copy up there. So for whatever reason we need that file. We need to go back back to it for some reason. Maybe down the line we decide to switch podcast hosts or something. We don't have to go and go back to Pro Tools and launch everything and do this all over. We have those mastered files. We just have to re upload them. So um, I do that after I get those done, make sure that those are all copied up. And then (laughs) me just being extra paranoid, I have a separate filer on our, at our house, um, that I copy those again to again, just to have another copy. So just in case, you know, we get rid of office 365 or we need to get to it and they're having problems or for some reason I can still get to it locally on our local computer, our local little, um, network, uh, attached storage. So that's really after that, then that episode is done. um, I do have, we do have a checklist. It's an HTML checklist. When we, I should have said this at the very beginning. When we do do record the podcasts, I actually have a checklist that, that says, like, did you, you know, record enable the Pro Tools tracks? <laughs> did you mute the tracks so that you don't hear a lot of delay? Um, are you recording? You know, did you hit record on the conferencing software? Which that was one that we learned the hard way is we forgot to record the software. So that's another checkbox. And another one is like, you know, did you save? Did you, um, Make sure to back it up. Did you, you know, so there's just we just have a checklist. So I would always recommend having a checklist and going through it every time. It's just like, you know, NASA, when they, they launch, they have that checklist that they do. And it just does help because there's times where I have forgotten to do something or forgot to check a level on something. Um, and it does that checklist just saved me from having to, you know, not have that thing done and it not sounding great that's just another part of the of our process that we do i know it's really talking about hardware but it was really just the process on this end that i take care of you know when i'm doing um the recording so yeah that's i think i don't know aaron is there anything else that you remember that i might have you know no i think
0: that's a really comprehensive view and so what we'll do is we'll put the episode out there and if there's any questions you know around what uh, Joey went over and, or, you know, if you're like, oh, I wish they would have covered X, Y, Z. I'm interested in this part of the process. And, and we left it out. Um, let us know. Just send us a note um, at hello at musclecreative.com. And we will do a follow-up episode um, with, with any of that. And I do want to mention for the audio panels, I will include a link on the show notes page so that you can grab the kind of DIY steps. Joey um, put together a great um, guide of how to create them, as he mentioned. And so I'll I'll be sure to stick the link to that on the show notes so you guys can grab that.
1: Thank you for listening. Um, I know I went pretty long on this. <laughs> There's other parts I could, probably could have gotten more detail in, but, you know, I just wanted to try to get the high-level things out there and, you know, maybe some other episodes we could you know, go into like more details of the vocal processing and different things. Cause there are some things that I've learned that I feel, you know, me hearing some podcasts out there, I'm like, Ooh, I wish they would have done this differently or whatever. It might've just, they're pretty simple things. So.
0: Yeah. So send us a note, um, whether it's through email or through, uh, Instagram, Facebook, what have you. And we will touch on anything else that you guys want to know about the process. So hope you guys enjoyed it and we will see.